Good morning, everyone. So good to have all of you at all of our churches this morning, Blunstown, Chipley, and Mariana. Hey, before we jump into today's talk, I want to thank all of you at all of our churches for being for our communities. You have blessed our... Hang on just a second. I'm glad you're excited, but hang on just a second. All right. Um, you, you guys as churches have blessed our communities by giving and serving this week. We had teams out almost every day this week serving. In fact, here are some pictures of you guys out in our community serving. In fact, one of the stories that came back to us was of a lady um, who we had a team serving at her house and her property. And a friend of hers pulled up while they were working and asked her, who are all these people in the yard? And she says, I don't know. The only person I called on was Jesus and all these people showed up. <laughs> Won't God do it, right? Like, yeah, now you can celebrate, right? There you go. That's it. <clears throat> so uh, not only did you go out and serve this week, and you changed your schedule so you could help each other, and you could help the people in the community, um, because we had people in our church impacted, we had people in our communities impacted, but you also, and all I did was send out an email and said, hey, uh, we'd love for you to help out, and you guys gave $8,275.85. Just hang on just a second before you celebrate that. But because of those of you who are percentage or priority percentage consistent givers, meaning you have a weekly or a monthly plan to support the ministry of this church, we have already given out, and as of now, it's about $2,100 or $22,000 to our communities to help our community. So I just want to say thank you for being a church that absolutely proves over and over again that you are for our community. So thank you for loving and serving and giving generously. So can you celebrate what God's doing for you guys? Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely amazing. You know, I, I feel so blessed um, because the only thing that RCC took out of the whole deal was we took a lightning hit on our sound system in Mariana and we're running off of um, Baylor Twine and uh, jumper cables this morning. So if it sounds weird to you guys uh, in Bluntstown and Chipley, or if it sounds kind of unique in the audio, and by the way, JD, great job this morning. I mean, I knew it would be fine because JD, yeah, JD's director of operations at Chick-fil-A, and I think if he can make people happy with fast food, he can make people happy with sound, right? Right, so y'all give it up for our production team this morning. Yeah, they did amazing. Because I know Bluntstown and Chipley had to make some adjustments because of that as well. So thank you guys for being such an incredible team. But I just thought before we get started today, um, I just want to pause um, and pray for our communities. There's some people going through it. And um, I think this morning we're standing in a building. We're sitting in a building. Nothing's happened, and every day this week, I've talked to my friend, LaVon, from Evangel, and, you know, there, man, I got, took a drag hit. And um, I, I just want us to pray for our towns and communities. Can we do that right now? God, I thank you um, for your love. I thank you for your blessings. But God, most of all, we come before you right now as a church family 
And we just say, thank you for blessing us so abundantly. But God, I just ask right now that you just continue to help us to be a river to our communities that your blessings flow through. God, I pray that you help us not to get so busy in the coming weeks that uh, we forget about those who, um, who really kind of reset and restart in a lot of ways. God, there's so many families. Um, man, their lives got changed this week. So God, I, I pray that you continue to help us as a church to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in our communities. God, we love you. And we want to share that and we want to show that by the way that we love the people who are hurting. So may this opportunity that is in front of us be one that just continues to inspire us to love well to be grateful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, I just, I just want to say again, thank you, church. Um, this week, I was just so overwhelmed with your generosity, the way you showed up, continue to serve. I, whew, man. I just want you guys to know I love you guys. You're an amazing church. Wow. All right. I'll get my composure, and we'll get started here, right, um, on what I feel like God wants us to talk about today. So um, if you're a first-time guest today, um, we are in the second part of our series entitled How to Leave It Better Than You Found It. If you weren't here last week, our friend Dale Alexander uh, kicked that off, and man, I've heard so much good feedback from so many of you um, saying that was just what you needed to hear uh, to get your head refocused for this year, and uh, if you weren't here, um, I encourage you to go online or watch or listen there, and... Um, the reason we're doing this series is something I think that is true for every one of us, and um, it is this, that no matter what you're experiencing as you begin 2024, you, you want the end of 2024 to be better than what you were experiencing when you started 2024, right? But here's what also is true, is that sometimes better is not always easy to find, and sometimes better is not always easy to do. Because many of you, you have hopes and you have dreams for 2024. I mean, you have areas of your life that you hope will get better. Um, but you already, as you start this year, you see challenges and you see obstacles to those dreams on the horizon in 2024. Uh, others of you, you experience some difficulties and some struggles in 2023. And, and you're hoping to find a solution or to have a breakthrough this year. That's why we wanted to begin 2024 with this series, How to Leave It Better Than You Found It. And not only are we doing this sermon series, but because this is such a big deal. Um, starting this Tuesday, January the 16th, we have an additional opportunity. We're going to have some or more of these throughout this year, but uh, starting the 16th, we have some additional opportunities that I really think are going to help you leave 2024 better than you found it. And we're calling it short-term groups. Now, what do we mean by short-term groups? These are three-week short-term groups, and we have them for women and for men and for couples, and they're going to be happening on the 16th, the 23rd, and the 30th at all of our campuses at 6.30 p.m. 
So if you have any questions about it, be sure to stop by the gallery today, or you can go to our app and you can sign up there. I just think this is a great opportunity for you to take, to take a step toward leading 2024, or leaving 2024 better than what you found it. And that is why we're doing this series as well, because what we're doing is we're exploring some decisions and some choices that I think if you make them now, you're going to be so glad that you made them by the end of this year. So today what we're going to do is we're going to focus on a decision that I think will not only give you hope as you move forward in this year, but if you choose to live by this principle, if this becomes a habit, a spiritual principle for your life, I think it's going to make your life better every year. Because here's the thing, if you choose to make this decision, and I really have been praying that you will, I think it's going to set you on a course that is going to ensure that no matter what the challenges of 2024 are, no matter what happens in 2024, you're going to emerge stronger and you're going to emerge closer in your relationship with Jesus and other believers than you've ever been before. So to help us understand the value of this decision, we're going to look at one of the lesser known but one of the most astounding miracles in Scripture. Now, it's tucked away in Joshua chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, you can follow along there. And what makes this so astounding, it is the day that God made the sun stand still. I mean, think about this. God made the sun stand still. And I think that whatever word we could use to describe that amazing, ordinary, awesome, whatever, is an understatement for that kind of event, right? And, and yet it's a miracle that is seldom discussed unless it's in a health, wealth, and prosperity kind of mindset, preaching kind of mindset, and then they take it totally out of context. Just saying. But most of the time, when people hear this story, there is this tendency to look at this story and think, why don't I experience those kind of miracles in my life? Or why don't I see those kind of miracles in our church, and I just wanna say, that's a great question. Hold on to that question. We're gonna come back to that question toward the end of the talk and answer it. So if you got your Bibles, I'd love for you to follow along in this story. As I said, you can find it in Joshua chapter 10. You can use your phones. Don't forget to silence them um, so you don't interrupt your neighbor in the process, and don't be scrolling other things because that interrupts people too because you know, I can tell Blountstown, Chipley, Mariana, when you're all doing that because everybody else is kind of peeking over the shoulder going, what are they looking at in the middle of church, right? Um, but you, or you can use your phone to follow along on our app, right? So Joshua chapter 10, here's how this story goes. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. Now, I want you just to pause here for a moment because there is this profound statement here in verse eight that I don't want you to miss. When God says, I have given them into your hands. Did you notice that God is speaking in the past tense there? I mean, think about this. From Joshua's perspective, the battle hasn't even begun yet. But God speaks to them as though this victory has already happened, like it's a done deal. I mean, in fact, this statement is such a powerful perspective powerful perspective shift for some of us as we start the new year. See, the truth is for us, 2024 is the beginning of something new, some new hopes, some new challenges, but for God, he's already in our future. 
God is not confined by our calendar. He exists beyond the limitations of time. Our future, the events of this year, the triumphs, the trials, the victories, the, the, the failures we're going to have. God is already there. Our victories, our defeats, our challenges, they're already known by God. He's already seen them all. He's already preparing to help us face each situation and each challenge that we're going to face, the battles we're going to face. He's already been there. And I can tell you, understanding this perspective of God existing beyond the limitation of our time can change everything as you think about your approach to 2024. In fact, from personal experience, when I begin to really understand this, this, this principle, here's what I know it did for me. This perspective, it transformed the way that I see everything, every day, every month, every year, because when I understand that God exists beyond the limitation of time, instead of each day being about stepping into the unknown, each day is about walking in confidence that God is already aware and that God is already prepared for whatever I or you are going to face. It's not about braving an uncertain future or an uncertain tomorrow anymore. It's about moving forward with the confidence that God has already been there and he's already set the stage for us to walk through any challenge and to carry us through and help us through any challenge that we're going to go through. I want you to let that sink in for just a little bit. It is so important for us to think about as we begin this year, as we continue to discover how this miracle applies to our lives today. Look at verse nine. So after an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. And notice what happens next. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel, so God and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up to Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Makedah. Notice what happens next. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Horon to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. Now, this right here is just an amazing miracle in itself. I mean, think about this. Joshua and his men, they have marched all night. They're undoubtedly exhausted and tired. So God, knowing their weariness, he knows how tired they are, God steps in on their behalf. And he sowed confusion among the enemies, and he even uses the elements, a hailstorm. That was so fierce, it claimed more lives than the battle itself. And some of you are going to be like, next time you have a rain, you see your neighbor out in the yard, you'll be like, okay, God, this is your opportunity to take care of this, my neighbor. But, but on the serious side, let, let me just say to some of you today, God knows that you're weary. God knows that you're tired. He, he knows that you feel discouraged, that you're struggling to be faithful and to follow him. And that's why the next part of this story is so important to us. Because in verse 12, Joshua prays a very short prayer. It's a prayer that is birthed out of humility. And the reason I say out of humility is when you hear the prayer, 
And then later on, when I share you the full context of this prayer, you're going to understand that Joshua is praying this prayer out of total humility and dependent surrender to God. And as you're going to see, this isn't just any prayer. This is one of the greatest prayers of desperation prayed in Scripture. It is the kind of prayer, though, that also shows the absolute trust in God that Joshua had, that God was the God of the impossible. In fact, notice this prayer in verse 12. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord, in the presence of all Israel, don't miss that. We're gonna come back to that in just a moment. Sun stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Elijah. Now, this is what you would call a bold request to God. This is not your average prayer. Joshua is not just asking for victory in this battle. He's asking for God to suspend the laws of nature. I mean, this prayer is an amazing demonstration of Joshua's total faith and trust in God's ability to control not only time and present moment, but the whole universe. But there's something else I want you to notice about this prayer. This prayer was made in the presence of all Israel. You're going to understand even the more important, why that was so important later on in just a moment. But what I want you to understand in this moment is this. This was not a hide in the closet kind of prayer just in case God doesn't come through. I mean, Joshua prays this in the presence of all of Israel, which means if God doesn't come through, everybody in Israel is going to know. But there's something else that is important about Joshua's prayer as we lay the foundation for it. And that is this, Joshua helps us understand that when we come to that place where we are fully committed to following God's will, where we are committed to walk in obedience and do whatever God wants us to do, have intimate fellowship with him and let him lead the way from this day forward, our prayers can reflect both bold faith, not just in what we think is possible, but the limitless power of God and the possibility of God in our life. A faith that doesn't just settle for the routine, but anticipates God's extraordinary work in our lives. And this is the kind of prayer that we're invited to pray as we step into 2024. Prayers that are born out of faith that does not just expect the ordinary. Prayers that believe God for the impossible. And I, cannot, I can't promise you that you're always going to experience or you're going to see that Joshua experienced. But I can promise you the day that you come before God out of total humility and dependent surrender and you're saying, God, I'm praying this and I'll do whatever you ask me to do this day forward, I can promise you you'll experience God in profound ways when you pray this kind of way. Now, I am telling you something. Your relationship with God will go to a level that you never imagined. But I want you to notice what God did in response to the total humility and dependent surrender of one man, Joshua, in verse 13. So the sun stood still, and the moon stopped. Now, you science geeks, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go, did the sun stand still, or did the earth quit spinning? I don't know. Anyhow, just a thought. I just messed some of you up. Now join me back on the ground, right? So the sun stood still and the moon stopped 
till the nation avenges itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Jazar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Listen, Joshua believed God for the impossible. And the impossible, it happened. The sun halted in the sky. Like, like this is an unparalleled event in human history. In fact, look at it again. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since and a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Listen. No matter what you think about God, I want you to understand this. God is listening to you. Even when we can't see it, God is actively involved. So my question for you this morning is this. Are you willing, as we begin this year, to choose total humility and dependent surrender to God as we begin 2024? And here's why I say that. It is only when you are in a place of total humility and dependent surrender. Don't miss what I'm saying here. It is only when you are in a place of total humility and dependent surrender that you will believe God for the impossible. Because see, it's only when you're in a place of total humility and dependent surrender that you move out of self-effort. It's about what God can do, not what you can do. See, it's only when you're in a place of total humility and dependent surrender that you don't pray those in-the-closet kind of prayers, believing God for the impossible, so that if it doesn't happen, nobody else knows. But out of total humility and dependent surrender, you, you stand before family and friends Believing God for the impossible. Don't miss this. Joshua chapter 10 is not just a historical record. It's a testament to what God can do through in, in our lives when we completely surrender to his power and his presence in our lives. Now, there's another line I don't want you to miss here in verse 14, and that is this. He says, surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Listen, we serve a God who is fighting for us. He's fighting on our behalf in ways that are often beyond our human understanding. So my prayer for every one of you as we begin 2024 is that you will make the decision to completely surrender to God and to believe God for the impossible. And the reason I'm so passionate about this is because I've seen it. I've seen God do the impossible over and over again in my life and over and over again in this church. In fact, if you've been part of this church for any length of time, you've seen God do some impossible thing. You've seen God literally or figuratively make the sun stand still. Now, to guide you in making this kind of decision to believe God for the impossible, I want to make this really personal for all of us. See, after all, most of us are sitting and thinking, well, it's one thing to believe that, you know, God made the sun stand still for Joshua. I mean, after all, Joshua was like God's leader for the children of Israel after Moses. But it's another thing for God to make that kind of miracle happen for somebody like me. I'm like, I'm no Joshua. Well, let me give you a little bit more context for Joshua chapter 10. If you go back to chapters eight and nine, you understand 
that this becomes very applicable and personal in our own lives. See, essentially, Joshua got himself into a tough spot, one that he got himself in his own doing, in his own disobedience. See, Joshua sinned against God by making an unwise alliance with a group of people, don't miss this, with a group of people that God told him to destroy. He not only told him, don't make an alliance with him, but I want you to take them out. I want you to destroy them. And Joshua disobeys God, and he makes this alliance with this group of people, so he finds himself needing God to help him get out of a bad situation that he created himself. I mean, Joshua is fighting this enemy to defend this group of people that God told him to destroy. Talk about being disobedient. But despite his disobedience, Joshua, in this moment, basically of repentance and declaration of God, I have messed up. I need your help. He prays this very bold prayer. Bold because Joshua still believed that God is the God of the impossible and that God can work despite and even through our disobedience. So again, this story is not just this historical event. It's a mirror that is reflecting back to us, even our own lives and our own experience, isn't it? Like how often do we find ourselves in difficulties of our own making? Because we sinned against God, we sinned against others, we violated God's truth, his principles for life. Like how often do we find ourselves feeling, I don't deserve God's help because I have sinned and I have disobeyed. In fact, don't raise your hands. But let's just take a moment for some honest reflection here. How many of you have ever needed God to get you out of a situation that you got yourself in? Let's just go ahead and raise our hands. Let's just be honest, right? That would be everybody. Every one of us. Like, God, I racked up this debt, but I really want to get my financial life in order so I can be more generous and handle your money your way. Or, God, I married him. Or, God, I married her, and I I knew it wasn't right. But, God, now I need you to heal and strengthen and bring unconditional love to my marriage. Or, God, I haven't got it right as a parent. I was way too distracted. I haven't been a good spiritual guide for my children. And now my teenage children, my young adult children, they're far from you. And, God, I need you to bring them back. Or, God, I've been rebelling against the authority in my life. And and I challenge every rule there is. Because I think I know what's best. I've made a mess of my life. But, God, I need you to come in in a powerful way, an undeniable way. And help me clean up this mess that I've made in my life. That's all of us, isn't it? At some point in time, we've all made a mess of our life out of disobedience to God. So Joshua's story is our story. Joshua's story is a reminder that sin and disobedience do not limit God's grace and mercy. Joshua's story is a reminder that our God is the God of the impossible. I mean, this story is so amazing because I think one of the greatest miracles of this story is the grace and the kindness and the mercy that God shows Joshua despite his disobedience. So in some ways, this is a story of God's grace and mercy on humanity. So if you've ever gotten yourself into a situation which would be all of us and you need God to get you out, which, I mean, like, all of us can relate to that, don't miss this. 
In fact, if you checked out any of our churches right now, now's the time to pay attention. The difference between Joshua and most of us is this. It was his willingness to own his disobedience, his sin. Don't miss that. The difference between Joshua, the reason he experienced this miracle in his life, and the reason most of us don't experience this miracle in our lives or in our churches, is because he was willing to own his sin, and we're not. And because he owned it personally and also publicly, remember, he prayed this prayer of basic repentance and desperation in the presence of all Israel. He experienced one of the greatest miracles of all times. I mean, think about it. Josh is the leader of Israel. And he committed this sin in front of all Israel. And so he did not hide his confession of this sin from Israel. No, he owned it in front of all Israel and through a prayer of repentance and desperation and out of total humility and dependent surrender, he comes before God and he stands before the people of Israel and he says, God, I've messed up. I need your help. Here's what I know. Many of you starting this year, you need a sun standstill moment in your life. But I'm just telling you, for there to be a sun standstill moment in your life, it demands repentance, total humility, and dependent surrender. There has to be this moment when out of humility and dependent surrender that you come before God, you repent and you declare, you believe that God is still God and he is the God of the impossible, not just in private so that nobody knows about my sin and I'm gonna try to sweep it under the rug and this will be between me and God kind of thing. But there is a moment where we are so repentant before God that just like Joshua, we openly before friends or family or whoever our sin impacted, We totally repent and we surrender to God's power to redeem our lives and redeem our situations. See, Joshua's prayer for the sun to stand still is about owning our own sin and disobedience. It's about owning our part, taking that step of repentant faith, believing that God is still the God of the impossible. And though it seems illogical and though we are undeserving, I'm still coming before God out of repentance and surrender to him. And what I have discovered is this through my life. What we do in these moments defines our faith journey. If we publicly repent before God and others, God does the sun stand still moments in our life. But if we kind of hide in our closet and we don't want anybody to know and we hope not many people notice kind of thing, How we handle our sin determines our faith journey. And I'm just telling you, it's here in this moment of humility and surrender and repentance before God that we see his powerful work in our lives. So as we begin 2024, here's our challenge to you, that you embrace your role in your current circumstances while choosing to believe in God's power to do the impossible. And I can promise you, if you do, 
you're setting yourself up to leave 2024 far better than you found it. So here's my question to you today. What is your son stand still moment? What, what is that prayer for you today? What's the impossible situation you need to entrust to God's miraculous intervention? And don't miss this. Because while Joshua prayed a bold prayer out of total humility and dependent surrender, he was willing to finish the battle. He was willing to clean up his mess. I mean, this is so important for you to remember. Although God made the sun stand still, Joshua still had to finish fighting the battle. Like, Scripture is very clear that not only did Joshua pray that the sun would stand still, but that he was willing to march all night to fight the battle and stay up as long as he needed to stay up to clean up what he had messed up. So when you pray this sun stands still prayer, it's not to get me out of my situation so I don't have to deal with the consequences or the pain of it. No, 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 no. If you're going to pray that kind of this prayer to God that the sun will stand still in your life, you have to be committed to fighting through the consequences. If you're going to pray the sun stands still, you have to be ready to march all night and to fight longer, which means you pay, pray a repentant, humble, and bold prayer. But you need to keep fighting for your marriage. You need to keep fighting at working to get out of debt. You need to keep putting forth the effort to bring and reconcile that broken relationship. You need to reach out to them again to help you overcome that addiction. You keep fighting. God makes the sun stand still. It's not a pause button on your challenging opportunities that are challenging battles that you have in your life. It's God's divine provision to give you the opportunity to fight harder and longer in God's will and in God's strength. So don't miss this. God makes the sun stand still so you can fight harder and longer. See, God's sun stand still moments or miracles in your life are not just about him relieving you of all the tension and all the problems. It's not just about him showing his power. It's about him empowering you to face and overcome the battles with renewed strength and renewed courage, a steadfast faith as you repent and surrender completely to God. So again, what are the areas that you need to believe God for the impossible? Like whatever you're grappling with today, Wherever you need the sun to stand still in your life, I believe God brought you here today to remind you that he is still in the business of doing the impossible. So would you choose to believe God is a God of the impossible? Would you choose to believe that again? And if you'll make this choice to repent humbly before God and completely, I think you'll see God do some things in your life that you never imagined. For some of you, this is where you just come before God and you say, hey, Heavenly Father, I totally choose to humbly surrender before you. I choose to believe that you're the God of the impossible in the areas of my life where I have sinned against you, even in the areas where I messed up because of my disobedience or unwise choices. God, I bring them to you. For some of you, today is the day that you're like, um, Will he do that for somebody who's never ever turned to him? Absolutely. In fact, Scripture says, hey, when you repent and say, Jesus, I'm coming home, all of heaven throws a party. So for some of you, 
Today's your day to experience God's grace and his empowering strength in your life firsthand for the very first time. It's about saying to God, God, I need you to turn my mistakes, my sins, my disobedience into a testimony of your miraculous work in my life. And if that's where you find yourself today, I encourage you to receive his redeeming grace and his empowering presence in your life by making the decision to say, God, I repent. I come before you out of total humility and complete surrender so I can fight harder and I can fight longer in your will and for your purpose. Will you, all of our churches, bow your heads in prayer, open your hearts to God. God, I thank you that you hear our prayer. God, for those who call themselves your followers, but um, need to make a choice today. I pray that you'll help them to do that, make the decision today to say, God, I repent. And I cry to you out of desperation. I am humbled because I have messed up. I have sinned against you. I've sinned against others. But I come to you out of Complete surrender because I can't clean up my mess. I need your strength, your empowering to help me fight harder and longer. God, I thank you for hearing that prayer for many of us. If you're with us today and you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior because you're afraid that you had messed up too bad He'd never love you and care about you and help you. We just pray this prayer in your heart. Say, Jesus, man, thank you for this story that made me aware of your miraculous, amazing grace and mercy, even when we don't get it right. Now, I haven't got it right. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against others. And today I repent. And I humbly come before you. totally dependent upon you to help me clean up my life and my messes. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. I receive the gift of a new life in Christ and a new identity today as your child. Thank you for loving me that much. And I thank you that your Holy Spirit is going to live within me to empower me with strength and courage so that I can fight harder and longer so I can live out your will and your purpose for my life. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayer. And may we be committed, all of us, to daily coming before you out of total humility, dependent surrender, owning our sins, so that we, like Joshua, can see you do the miraculous things by empowering us to live out your plan and purpose for our lives. Thank you for your amazing grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everyone, thanks so much for being with us. Don't forget, if you got any questions, if you just prayed either one of those prayers, make sure you stop by the gallery today and let us help you give some 
next steps or give you some next steps to help you on this journey. We'll see you next Sunday.